Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When I want to say thank you, I always revert to the traditional, a letter on some bespoke paper or a beautiful card. As more of us communicate by email and text, the written word is becoming more special. Today's sponsor is all about this. Beautiful paper things are very much Papier's thing. Papier are the go-to website for stationery, invitations, cards and photo books, all ready to be personalised by you and expertly printed by their team in England on lovely high quality paper. With Father's Day coming up, I've been on Papier with the children, creating a gorgeous card for Ben. Always chic, Papier has the perfect range of cards for new dads, granddads, stepdads or puppers-to-be. And for every card sold, they donate 30p to the mental health charity Calm. If you wanted something bigger, take a look at their photo books. They're the perfect gift to gather all the good times in one place for him. The best news is that the Parenthood listeners can get 15% off their first order. So whether you simply need to hit refresh on your desk, are planning a party or a wedding for that matter, or just need a good stash of cards, Papier is the place to go. For me, why Papier is so unique is their collection of designs that is created in collaboration with talented artists like Luke Edward Hall and Fee Greening, as well as fashion designers such as Mother of Pearl and House of Holland, and iconic brands such as Disney and Moomin. So head to papier.com to see their full collection and don't forget to use the code THEPARENTHOOD, capital letters, all one word, to get 15% off your first order. Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Today's guest is someone who from the outside looks like they have life nailed. Madeline Shaw is an author, nutritional therapist and mother of one whose YouTube channel, Twitter and Instagram feeds and best-selling books as well have encouraged a huge amount of women to get their glow back. But Madeline didn't always love wholesome food. She's been open about how her diet consisted of low-fat foods with no substance and how her skin and body suffered. After visiting a dietitian, she says, I enriched my body with whole foods and found I started to fall back in love with food, life, and most importantly, myself. Madeline, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, I love this idea of falling back with yourself. And I think the more I understand of parents and of parenting and how to be a good parent, um, the more I realize that we probably don't love ourselves enough. And we're kind of missing the sort of crucial part of being a parent that essentially is a really good thing to pass on to our children. A hundred percent. I think that especially with the food, you know, food is an act of love, whether it's cooking, feeding, serving, enjoying. And I think that quite often we focus food on deprivation and dieting. And actually, when you think about it as an act of love to yourself, it really does change things. And I think it just makes it more enjoyable and it gives yourself a better relationship with food, with yourself, with life just makes things easier and I think too you know that that idea of loving yourself is so important to truly believe as Mm. a kind of content person you know we're becoming better at talking about it but you know the commercial world constantly sells products based on the premise that we aren't good enough and that our hair should look better our skin could look better uh, we could be thinner or better and and that's exhausting isn't it and I I speak to so many people on this podcast and it's all about the behavior you model to your children mm. and if I can give my children one thing that it's 
they are good enough, like they were born good enough. And I'm not saying don't try and enrich your life, but at the same time, you know, loving the way you are and accepting it is such a powerful thing to really believe, isn't it? Mm, I'm actually reading a book on conscious parenting, which I find really interesting. And they talk a lot about how we shouldn't just say that we love our kids when they do something well. We should say it when they're sitting, reading a book or when they come in with mud on their face, like just general day-to-day life showing that, you appreciate them and love them in that moment so that they do know they're good enough, not just from external factors of achievements or goals or anything like that. So I think it's it's interesting and you do feel a bit nervous that you've got this power over it. But I think when you're aware of it and, and you know, you just think, oh, what would make someone feel good and how do I get that message across to them? And it is just in the day-to-day moments of knowing that they're good enough and, and sharing that with them. Mm, yeah I mean and I guess also making sure that they realize that you love them unconditionally Mm. I think that's a really important message and so often children I think think she loves me when I'm being good because that's why I'm getting the praise but actually our role as a parent is to love our children whatever they do I mean by all means pick them up on it but at the same time it's so nice to have a relationship where you know that you will be forgiven for screwing up because that's what life is it's a series (laughs) of mistakes and learning from those mistakes a hundred percent and you know on the whole you do really love them unconditionally it's just showing that whether that's through touch whether that's through talking to them whether that's spending time with them I think you have to show through your way of communicating that unconditional love yeah so what do you do in terms of your sort of daily routine that sort of self-love what you know because it's all one one thing saying I love myself and then mm. sort of not doing it. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, if you if you want someone to fall in love with you, you've already got, got to work at it. Um, so what do you do? What's part of your daily routine that encourages that? I think internal dialogue is probably the most important. And I think I only became aware of it when I was about 19. I moved to Australia. I went to university there for three years. And I went to this like six week, uh, 40 day and 40 night yoga and meditation kind of series and each week was a different theme and they had this one theme that was called um the voices I think it was called the voices in your head and the the tapes that you play in your head and we all have different tapes it might be a money tape when I win the lottery I will buy this car or it might be a victim tape like oh I'll fall into the road and then some really handsome guy will see me and they'll save me and I'll be loved so like we all have kind of different scenario tapes that we play in our head and I was like that sounds crazy and then I realized that I was playing them the money the victim the I'll be happy when all these sorts of things and I think awareness was the first thing so going okay I'm saying these sorts of things to myself are they really helping me? Like, are they making me feel good about myself? No. And at the end of the day, you are in control of your thoughts. Sometimes, you know, thoughts can go on in your head that are negative. They might be intrusive thoughts that kind of pop up and you think, oh, that's not very nice. And they probably come from a place of fear. But on the whole, we're in charge of our thoughts. So I think that's really empowering to start with. And then when you know that, and when you become conscious of it, then you start thinking, okay, what kind of tapes do I want to play in my head? So I always start the day with positive affirmations. So I'll do them in the shower. And I think it's a really good time to do them because you're naked and you're quite vulnerable. And you can pick whatever you feel not super confident with. So it might be like, I love my boobs. I absolutely love them. They're fantastic. I love my legs. I'm so appreciative of the fact that I get to walk every single day and run and do yoga. I love my hair you know it's fantastic and I love the way it falls on my face or whatever it is and it doesn't have to just be external it can be internal like I really love the fact that I you know I'm really there for my friends I'm really kind I'm really good at work I'm really good at this and I think as British people we're not very good at giving ourselves compliments but that's really important so spending time doing that I think is a really really good thing and then throughout the day just checking in with yourself so when you bump into someone whose kids are all together and wearing perfect outfits and your kid has got like tomato sauce all the way down its top not going oh I'm a terrible mum just going you know what that's the way they parent. This is the way I parent. And it's absolutely fantastic. And look at him, he's having a great time. (laughs) So I think it's, 
it's starting yourself out right in the morning because the morning is a very special time I think and then also checking in throughout the day and constantly going back I think that phrase I am good enough is really special and you kind of have to really mull it over but I think it's an important one I think everyone is going through stuff and I think when you open up to your friends or people you get to know you realize they don't have it together mm-hmm. they've got stuff going on as well and I think talking about it also makes a big difference too and because our relationship with our body is so interesting I think when you become a parent because you know in most cases having a baby is because your body has done an amazing thing mm. and yet we see so much criticism oh saggy boobs yeah. mummy tummy saggy <laughs> bottom and and a lot of women even though their bodies are giving them the greatest gift in life feel the least confident about their body yeah. so I suppose when you become a mum that is so important think about what your body just gave you you know you were able to conceive and and bear a baby and and even you know I remember feeling like oh god I couldn't even have my babies naturally and my body let me down but I still got them I still got my <laughs> children still manage to feed them not perfectly my breasts aren't absolutely perfect but you know they're living and and I think that is really important to sort of remember and to tell yourself because the outward world doesn't the outward world tells you in a superficial way oh gosh have you lost lots of weight looking amazing and then and then you think I was looking rubbish before that's testament to how terrible I was looking before we're very bad at giving compliments that are (laughs) authentic and also receiving them um yeah, so I, I just think it is so important for us to to give them to ourselves. Yes, and I think actually really interesting point that you said about receiving. I think anytime someone gives you a compliment, just say thank you so much and that is it. Mm. Do not say, oh, oh no, I got this top half price on, on that, you know, when you haven't really, but you're just making it up because you feel embarrassed that you spent X amount on the top that you're wearing or whatever. Like you just have to just like, let it in and believe it and receive it because I think the amount of times I've given people compliments and they just kind of pass it off or knock it off or they're embarrassed or whatever it is and I think you just have to go thank you very much because you're teaching your children then how to they're watching you to set how to receive compliments I was in the hairdressers yesterday and the woman this woman got up and her hair was looking amazing and the hairdresser was like you look gorgeous she went oh shut up and I was like oh no but yeah he made your hair look amazing (laughs) I know it's a terrible thing isn't it we're not good at receiving compliments and I think you have to because otherwise where is your self-esteem coming from like you, you, you feel good by the people around you, the way that they reflect to you, the way they smile at you. So you've got to kind of take them on. Otherwise, how can you believe good things about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, exercise for me is another really important thing. Um, like this morning, I really did not want to exercise. I thought, Marina, you haven't done it for like three or four days. Just do it. And I always find the hardest thing is just starting. It's that, yeah. that you know, because I'll often be suddenly that I have to look at Instagram really like a lot. And, and, you know, it's just me procrastinating. And I just like, just do it. I just have like a, a fitness app. I do a Sweat with Kayla app, which oh, yeah, is, yeah, I've done that to me which too. is, it's great, isn't it? And mm. it, but I think the key is it's easy. Yeah. You know, it's 28 minutes can be done at home it can be done anywhere and actually even if you've got 10 minutes just do 10 minutes just because you don't finish it doesn't mean the whole thing is negated it just (laughs) anything is is good but it can be going for a walk I mean is exercise a big part of your weekly routine daily routine so yeah I would say on days I have childcare, which is like Monday to Thursday I try and always do it in the morning and I'm similar to you I'll do it at home I don't do uh Kayla I do Shona Virtues it's similar like an online program I think it's 30 minutes I have like a kettlebell and a band at home that's the only equipment I need and I'm doing it because I had a virgin membership that I've not been to in six months because it's the thought of it's the 10, 15 minutes walking there is the fact that I don't have all my stuff, you know, my products, my shampoo, my nice moisturizer afterwards. And then it becomes a big faff. Whereas if I can do it at home, it's fantastic and it's done. So exercise for me is really important, but it's about making it as easy as possible 
all the things that like you go oh I'm not sure like I'll lay my gym kit out the night before so I wake up and put it on in the morning so I'm not putting on normal clothes I'm putting on gym gear so that I know I'm in like the gym mode I'll schedule it into my calendar that means that I have to do it it's at that time so make it happen and the morning for me is the right time I know everyone has different times but for me if I say to myself I'll do it in the afternoon I always convince myself not to do it yeah there's always an excuse I'm totally the same and you're right that making it as easy as possible because I do I travel quite a lot and I still do cater when I travel Mm. but if I don't have my kettlebell I'll just use like I've been known to use like wine bottles (laughs) as sort of dumbbells (laughs) my husband's looking at me going not sure this is really looking quite right it's like I'll I'll weight lift with it now and then I'll (laughs) drink it for lunch (laughs) hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One of the things you talked about recently was mm-hmm. cold water swimming, which yes. I am a massive <laughs> fan of. Um, but I never really understood why it was so so beneficial for you. So this is the idea that you immerse yourself or you swim in uncomfortably cold water and you just feel incredible <laughs> afterwards. Is it becoming kind of more of a thing? I think so. I did an Instagram post on it because I went to Cape Town and swam there. And if anyone has swam there before, it is quite uncomfortably cold. Um, but... A lot of people were tagging in lots of different kind of Instagram accounts for free water swimming and different organizations across the UK. So it feels like it's becoming a thing. I'm seeing lots of people going up to Hampstead Heath and swimming there. And I think we've always seen it in a spa sense, you know, so it's been like sauna and then you go for a cold water shower. But now it feels like it's actually becoming an activity. And it's really exciting. So it's really good for your circulation. It really uh, boosts your immune system. It's really good for lymphatic drainage. Um, It just makes you feel alive. You know, if you're a little bit hungover, you're a bit dusty, a bit tired, cold water swim or even cold water shower because we don't all have pools where we live. You just feel amazing. If I ever have a headache, a cold water shower really sorts it out. Also really good for hair cuticles. So I heard. Because um, it's sort of basically, I think it stops them from being open. So it sort of reduces frizz and more shine and all those glorious things. (laughs) Um, And actually my hairdresser told me that Kate Moss swears by cold water on her Mm. face. So there we go. (laughs) Uh, We we was going to stay in in Cornwall in October in a house that's right on the sea. And so every morning the whole family go out for a cold water swim. Amazing. And I definitely take it the furthest. I kind of give myself (laughs) a mission. I probably swim for about sort of 20 minutes, but it is the best way to start the day. Mm. And um, a friend of mine was like, oh God, Marie, how can you do that I was like it means I can eat scones and clotted cream (laughs) for tea and not feel guilty about it but you do I remember a week of this I didn't do any other exercise apart from that swim and I felt amazing Mm. absolutely incredible no I think it is so good for you and you kind of see people do it all year round and they're often in their 90s and you know you go down to Brighton you see sort of 90 year olds swimming and they look fantastic and they look like they've got more energy than you. And I think there's something magical about the water and the ocean. And I think we should be in it more. Even and there's though we're a, in the a mindfulness in swimming too. You know, you mm. can't, I mean, I, I think there probably are waterproof headphones, but most of the time you don't. <laughs> and you're just, you're right. You're in, in a vulnerable position where it's sort of silent and you have the sounds of nature and, and this wonderful cold water immersion. So food is obviously at the heart of what you do and how we can sort of make ourselves feel better about ourselves. Um, Has food always been a big part of your life? It has. I think growing up, I 
I remember baking a lot as like a child and then I would say I probably had a negative relationship with food during my teenage years so my dad sorry not my dad my parents divorced and one of my best friends died in a tsunami and it was a bit of a rough time for me I would say where sort of everything felt out of control and I decided to control using food which I think is quite a common mechanism because on the whole it really is one of the things you can control what is going in your mouth and I would say between 16 to 19 I was never like on you know super super thin where I was hospitalized but I was definitely an unhealthy weight and didn't have a good relationship with food I would read all the magazines that would be like don't eat fat don't eat a banana don't eat you know I had all these rules that were in my head and I don't think it made me happy at all but obviously like you said people will come up to me like oh you look great you're so thin and I was like oh my god I look great you know but inside I was not happy you know because when you don't eat a lot you really don't feel good you're constantly tired like I had like head fog where I couldn't really think straight and I was always thinking about food because obviously you were depriving yourself so you've got more of a focus on it um and then I moved to Oz when I was 18 19 and I think that it really changed me in so many different ways I think the first thing was that over there they didn't look at food as a diet they looked at it as a lifestyle so then no one was like on a diet people just ate well they exercised daily they ate well and I was like well this is a different way of looking at it like this is not about sort of deprivation or counting calories and also I had a really lovely boyfriend we're not together at the time who also had sort of food issues having not been um slim as a child and sort of understood it and I think it was the first person I opened up to and I had always kind of kept it as my secret and I was ashamed because I was like I'm doing this to myself like I'm upset about something that I do to myself. It's no one else has done this to me. And I think opening up about it really helped because I felt heard and listened to and not alone and understood. And I think that lifted the sort of secrecy of it. And then over time, I would say it wasn't like a one day, but I started to be like, okay, I'm going to... I'm going to really enjoy food and I'm going to learn more. And over time, it just sort of drifted away and I mean there are moments where I might be like oh god I've eaten too much and I shouldn't and then I think no I don't want that negativity in my mindset but on the whole I feel like I'm in a really good place which I'm really happy about because it's not something I wish upon anyone. And did you find was it your did your parents were they aware of this relationship with food that was unhealthy in your teens? Yes I think it was very difficult for them so my mum is a kiwi outdoorsy go-getter physio and my dad is a very emotional uh psychiatrist so the very different approaches to things so my mum would be like just brush it off and like go and eat something and don't worry about life just walk out and my dad would be like talk to me about this tell me where this has come from is it from this or it's all because of our divorce and like so I had these really opposing like kind of ways of dealing with things and I definitely am a little bit of both of them but um I think it's something that your parents almost can't help you with they're too close to you because they love you so much that it's so difficult it almost has to be someone outside and I did see a counsellor uh sorry not a counsellor a, a psychotherapist or no no a psychologist but she used to weigh me every week and make me write a food diary. And it was just the opposite of what I needed. I needed someone to be like, you're okay within yourself and kind of get to the root of it. Because it wasn't about food. I was using food as a control mechanism. But I needed a new tool to kind of cope with external stress rather than food, basically. Do you think, I mean... I, I, it was interesting. I've recorded a podcast with a psychiatrist about who specialises in eating disorders, mm-hmm. and one of the things she said was that a lot of parents whose children have eating disorders blame themselves. Aww. And she said, actually, there's not really, you know, you shouldn't definitely shouldn't blame yourself. But that said, is there anything that you would do as a as a as a mother now to sort of instill healthy a healthy relationship with food with your child because you know they are watching us the whole time 100% learning from us the whole time and (laughs) and where we think we have power we often don't but the things that we don't think about are often so influential and I think Mm. it's often quite good just to be mindful of that I would say 
and my mum definitely didn't do this, but not be dieting. Because I think if you see your mother or father dieting, that will make you feel like, should I be doing it? I think, you know, being conscious, I I, I think definitely for me, I was always like, oh, is my mum a bit thinner than me? So being conscious, I mean, that's really hard because it might be genetically that you just are and you're built in different ways. But, you know, not trying to be slimmer than your child, I think is probably a good thing and not comparing. And I think having tools to deal with life because whether it's food whether it's being bullied at school whatever it is like as a child I think you're going to go through things and I think we don't have enough cope we're not taught coping mechanisms to deal when things hit the road because my life was peachy until these two huge things happened to me and I was like 15 and dealing with death and 15 and dealing with like divorce and I wasn't ready for it like I was really had this very lovely perfect life up until that point so I think it's actually maybe having those conversations maybe speaking about it whether it's complications with food or if something's going on how do you deal with it like whether it's helping get counseling earlier on or teaching mindfulness or meditation or different anger release forms of exercise or I don't know it's obviously different for everyone but I think coping mechanisms for life because I don't think anyone's life is like perfect throughout and I think we have to prepare our children for it but I don't think my parents were connected to it at all even though it might have been spiraled from a place I think it was probably spiraled from that but also the role models of my generation were like Marissa from the OC and kind of very skinny models and things like that so I feel hopeful that nowadays campaigns and billboards are showing a variety of women different shapes and sizes different colors so I'm hopeful that hopefully that will help people more Mm -hmm. in saying that we're also seeing a lot of models and other things as well so well and a lot of surgical enhancements yes which I think that you know fine we've got the sort of more curvy body image which is generally healthier but is it healthier if it's if it's all plastic if it's yeah been pumped up of fillers yeah that is actually very true I haven't um thought about it it's you know it's so complicated and you know you never know where it sort of stems from but I guess as a parent you just have to support in every way that you can and not blame yourself and how did your relationship with your body change when you were pregnant and then when you gave birth to Shay was that something that you struggled with or was it something that you you reveled in yeah not at all actually I'm probably one of those really annoying pregnant people that like loved being pregnant and loved having a bump and missed having a bump when it left um so yeah, so when I t- uh, when I fell pregnant, I was really ill. I threw up pretty much every day for the first 20 weeks. So the first 20 weeks weren't very fun for me. But then after that, I like loved it, like loved having a big bump and maybe didn't love the giant boobs too much. Um, but I really enjoyed the changes in my body, to be honest. I really embraced it because I naturally have quite a, um, sticky outy tummy. Like it almost looks a little bit bloated at all times. So it just was fantastic to like let it out. (laughs) It didn't matter. I didn't have to hold it in anymore. It was so good. And Um, what about afterwards? Did you feel a pressure? I mean, you've obviously, your brand is based upon kind of living well and also looking good. You know, that is very much the sort of visual part of it. Did you feel that there was pressure? to sort of you know glow when you really weren't feeling very glowy (laughs) to be honest no and I've never felt that pressure throughout my whole career pregnant or not to look a certain way because I've never been about looking slim or a certain size or anything like that so I've never put that pressure on myself because it's never anything I've talked about or promoted so no I never felt that way at all about getting back to a certain Uh, shape or size and I think either way if you get there quickly or you don't you're wrong or you're doing something wrong you're either not eating enough or you're eating too much or whatever so you can't you can't really win so yeah I didn't really mind it I mean obviously it is a huge change but I think I'd read up on it obviously I did the bump class so I knew but like I kind of knew that my tummy wasn't going to look right I knew it was going to take time and I just was like I'm just going to wear some loose clothing and I know that eventually I will get 
back to a new place but where I feel comfortable with and I I know all the tools that I need to do to to be where I want to be yeah I mean I think you know there's so much talk about losing your figure but it's not I think it's your body changing as your Mm. life changes and the same with our faces you know fine it might not be as peachy as it was when you're in your 20s but you've also got a hell of a lot more wisdom to bring to the table and if that's reflected in the lines in your face and the wobbliness of your thighs (laughs) well brilliant (laughs) yeah that's true and I think confidence comes from inside like if you feel good it will shine through and like you know like if you're on the beach and you're in your bikini and you feel good within yourself that shines through and it is really kind of appealing and and people will probably be more drawn to you because of that rather than if you have the perfect body but you're feeling embarrassed and you're sort of tugging at your bikini or your body language is a bit off you know people will feel that and they won't feel as attracted to you Mm. And fuel, a food is the the fuel that sort of keeps us going. I do find that if I eat well, I do feel so much better. I feel I've got more energy and I've got more um, patience and I sleep better. And I think this is sort of never more important than when you are pregnant and then mm. more importantly, almost when you're a mother. Um, but it's all very well to sort of, because it takes a bit more effort to, to eat really well as opposed to sort of yeah. a bunch of takeaways. What practically, how, how does that translate? Uh, Are there certain sort of hacks? Are there certain sort of things that you can fill your cupboard with so that you've always got something that is sort of halfway house or have you found, have you found anything kind of more challenging than you anticipate or, or got any tips to how to make it more easy? Yeah, I think you definitely have less time to cook. Um, So the best thing I had, I was kindly given the detox kitchen for the first two weeks, which was the best thing that ever happened to me. So that was like a food delivery. Mm -hmm. So I think if you've got a pregnant friend who's about to give birth, that was the best gift you could give them. Like two weeks of food being delivered and they give you enough calories for breastfeeding. Yeah, it's not sort of detoxy. Exactly. It's not like like a leaf. I think the name sometimes (laughs) frightens people. It does a little bit. So that was amazing. But I think it's just doing online shop, number one, because you know going into the supermarket is just too stressful and you know you might feel embarrassed if your baby cries although it doesn't matter at all but um I think online shops the way forward and then just lots of really good quick things so smoked mackerel fillets already cooked for you good source of protein oily fish great for the skin bang it on a plate like bring it bang on a piece of toast um I lived on a lot of birch muesli so kind of get one of those uh bags of like instant birch and muesli that might be mixed full of like dried berries and stuff and you can just prep say three of them in a glass jar just pop half of it with the muesli half of it with your choice of milk put that in the fridge and that's like overnight breakfast done and they can last like three days in the fridge so really good you can have it as a snack as well uh I love having lots of like uh cans of like pulses so chickpeas and lentils which again can be drained thrown into a pan and heated up you can even eat them just from the can just give them a bit of a rinse and mix them through with other like roasted vegetables and other things so I love always having those on hand um of course a bit of pasta is always good but just mix it up I think people always like oh I shouldn't be eating pasta all the time but it's just mixing up the grain so try chickpea pasta try brown rice pasta so you're getting that variety in um and then I like to have like three really good sauces that I can mix with anything because then you can flavor so I always have miso paste if you want to make something a bit Asian-y chuck miso paste what in. miso paste do you <laughs> use is there a good, good brand or um I love clear springs sweet miso paste it's the kind of paler one yeah it's so delicious and then harissa as well what is that it's like a sesame is it sesame so sesame? harissa yeah. is like a spicy chili sort of middle eastern okay. so again if you wanted to like heat things up add a teaspoon in of that and then pesto and I feel like those three obviously you want more flavors than that but say for example you just wanted to like bring to life a stir fry bring to life a pasta dish bring to life a salad 
any three of them are fantastic so I think that like having those in your fridge that you can just add to and you're not chopping up the garlic chopping up the ginger adding like six different types of spices because that is the sort of stuff that when you're tired you just can't be bothered and you really want one pot one tray really simple or no cooking at all um so I think do an online shop really things that take under 10 minutes and and what about those lazy things like I have I have chopped <laughs> onions in the freezer so I can just take a spoonful of those exactly. rather than and and even that garlic that sort of because I do find garlic paste, a real yeah, yeah. bore to sort of crush and peel and you know just like there's that garlic exactly in the paste that you stick in the fridge and um, absolutely now's not the time for like full-on kind of cooking and prepping and you know if you have a moment you know make a big batch of chili or whatever it is that you can freeze for later dates I and and know yourself like I know I'm really into cooking in the morning and lunchtime when it gets to about seven o'clock I really can't be bothered so I often have things out of the freezer that I'll make like but sorry that I'll reheat because often I've like finished work done bedtime bath time and then I just really want to like eat something instantly so I can just like reheat something from the freezer and there's lots of really good like frozen meals now that you can get and just reheat and they're fantastic like you don't have to cook everything from scratch everything doesn't have to be perfect you know just try and eat as well as possible and now that Shay is eating himself you know mm-hmm. it's one thing when you're breastfeeding but now obviously he's eating is is he an adventurous eater or are you experiencing what I experienced to this day of my children <laughs> eating the same like three things I mean they're healthy but there's just so little sort of adventurous spirit there when it comes to eating it's definitely turned a table I'd say when between six months to I'd say a year and a bit the most adventure I give him a radish he'd eat it I give him rocket he'd eat it and I was like I am killing it (laughs) (laughs) and then I would say in the last few months there's definitely a like I like these things more than that um but on the whole I'd say he is actually quite a good eater I'm quite lucky in the sense that on the whole he will eat most things he just has to be in the right mood and zone I think that's kind of the crucial thing for him is like if he feels a bit forced upon he won't eat it but often if I just put it in front of him and then walk away that's when he'll just like get stuck into things um so I'd say I've got a reasonably adventurous eater he loves curries um so you can make curries that aren't spicy yeah he even likes the spicy ones so he is a quarter Indian so he's got a little bit of Indian blood in there and Kieran my boyfriend's favorite thing in the world is to go to Tooting and get like an authentic curry and he's Seamus has been going there since he was like six months so he's been stuck in I don't think Kieran read the memo about the chili thing (laughs) he's uh yeah he loves a popper dom and a curry (laughs) and do you have any kind of fail-safe dishes for him if you're just sort of just wanting to eat stuff um uh, or is there are there any dishes that you both eat together that you sort of enjoy yeah I we actually eat quite a lot of things together I would say we do cook a lot of kind of curries whether Indian a lot of Thai as well and we tend to kind of make it the base and then chop up fresh chili um kind of I don't know any other like maybe like coriander or something which I wouldn't necessarily put in his food because the texture is something he'd spit out and then sort of adultify it afterwards so whether that's just in the finishings at the end the tamari the chili the coriander but keep the base exactly the same just because that makes it a lot easier so I tend to cook things that work for the family and then just season right at the end um because he will eat things he will eat so much better if we're all eating as a family than when it's like him me standing over him like I know. You get so sort of gratty, don't you? <laughs> yeah, and I think they really feel your emotions. Like if they feel you being like, "Are oh, they going to eat that vegetable?" They're like, "Nah, I'm just going to put it on the floor." <laughs> so I think you have to let let that stress go. And obviously, you can't eat every meal together because often they eat early and it doesn't work. But like if there's like lunch on the weekend or breakfast together or something, that's always quite a nice thing to do yeah. um, to like have that experience together. Um, so fail safe recipes I would say yeah chili con carne is quite a 
one that like is really easy to grate loads of veggies in and it's like really simple um what else have I been making recently with him he loves chickpeas or any kind of pulses or things like that so yeah like a chickpea and aubergine stew or something like that is quite good I would say he likes hot food doesn't really like cold food whereas I'd actually probably tend to cook cold food for myself um but I think that is more of an adult thing isn't it kind of cold salads and other things like that you don't tend to eat so much as a kid yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) well I thought while you're here I um I would just go through maybe a few sort of scenarios and we get your expertise in what to do whether it's exercise or mindfulness or eating or what you'd be eating. So, um, all right, first scenario, you've been up 16 times in the night with a teething baby and you can hardly open your eyes in the morning and you feel that you can't put one foot in front of the other in the day. We've all been there. Mm. What would you do? What's your key there? How do you make it all better? I would say the first thing is to try and not eat something sugary for breakfast. It's all you want. All you want to do is eat a chocolate bar or like maybe crisp is more your thing but that is not going to serve you even though it really feels like in that moment it will because it will just give you a little bit of energy and then it will make you crash even further down so try and have a proper breakfast whether that's scrambled eggs on toast whether it's a smoothie with some protein powder in there having that protein in there will keep your blood sugar levels more stable keep your energy going for longer and it will make you feel better long term than that short fix of like the pastry or something and I know that's really it's much easier said than done but really go I'm gonna do this like kind of psych yourself up I would say get outside as well get some fresh air always feels a little bit easier once you get outside and you have a little bit of air because it's that sort of you're waiting for the sun to come up and Um, so get outside eat well um, and then just really take it easy on yourself don't feel like you need to do the you know swimming class and then the other class and then meet a friend for coffee and do all these sorts of things like keep it really local you know go for a walk around your local park you don't have to meet up with anyone if you don't feel like it when your baby goes to sleep do sleep don't do the dishes and the laundry and all that kind of stuff because it can be done at a later stage like do you kind of try I mean I'm not the best napper but even just lying down with your eyes closed is resting so try and rest as much as possible and we often feel a bit t- fearful don't we of lack of sleep I remember when my children were born I was like I mean there's no way I could function on that sleep and whenever I'd have one of those nights I I, I just thought I mean my day is a disaster and very often I felt way better during the day than I had anticipated I think we're all almost overly scared so I always think it's a bit like you know when you've got off a flight and you haven't slept at all and it's been an overnight flight and you're like I'm just not going to be able to do that day you do actually you sort of yeah, put you one do. foot in front of the other and then you sleep really well the next <laughs> night and I know that's not always an option but that's sort of getting rid of that like dread of what the day is going to be like and just think you know what it's fine people cope with a lot less sleep than I've just had and, and they're fine too 100% and not psych yourself up for that night don't put too much pressure on it being the best night's sleep ever just go I'm sure it'll be better than last night but don't go oh I have to get into bed at like a ridiculously early time where when you get in you're not really sleepy yeah okay scenario number two um you've just woken up five days after giving birth your boobs are rock hard and you are so hungry that you could eat your husband (laughs) I remember this so well like this insatiable appetite I would literally eat twice as much as my husband ate usually eating like three quarters of what he ate um and it was almost like I couldn't get my hands on enough food it's important to eat isn't it at that stage it really is so I do remember I remember waking up before Shay going downstairs and being like where is the food give it to me right now and like yeah like probably ate my day's worth of food in an hour um so yeah I think just all those hormones of your milk coming in does send a lot of hunger signals to your body and you do need extra calorie juice during milk and they say it's kind of 400 but people are really different in the amount of milk so I was like a jersey cow like I produce so much milk that like when I fed him one side I would drench him on the other side so I had to put like a cup which I'd often fill up <laughs> so like it would be like a fill up like almost like I don't know 150 mils while I was breastfeeding on the other side like it was mental how much milk I had like every night 
the bed was wet because I would be like <laughs> drenching it and changing like pads in the night and stuff. So I think I was extra hungry from my milk supply. So I think 400 calories is like an estimate depending on what you need. So do eat well. Obviously try and eat good foods rather than just eating tons of snacks. I think whenever people come around, so often people visit you when you just had a baby just say to them please bring food and please bring these sorts of foods whether it's like really yummy like oat bars or whether it's you know a little shop from Ocado or lots of packs of like pre-chopped fruit or whatever it is that you need I think like that's the best gift you can give people not flowers probably not any more toys for your little one because they don't really like toys for quite a while um it's just really good food for you so that you can like eat and be looked after and I think that's kind of the key but yeah do eat listen to your hunger signals there might be like a little bit of a roller coaster the first few weeks and then it will settle down and you will eat normally again yeah. <laughs> uh what about you're three months pregnant and mm-hmm. um you well let's say two months pregnant and you just feel wretched I mean mm. you mentioned you had really bad morning sickness um, yeah is there anything you can eat to make you feel better because I definitely found with morning sickness if I got hungry it was so much worse whereas if I ate sort of little and often and didn't allow myself to feel that kind of proper hunger it just felt a lot easier yeah so I think eat quite plain so like boiled rice like crackers bread like don't go for like a really spicy dish or anything quite acidic so lots of fruit are probably something that would really churn your stomach so I think little and often does work for people I think it's being really in tune with yourself if you don't feel like eating don't eat don't try and like force it down yourself but then again also don't go through like hours and hours without eating so just kind of have really good like snacks on hand of things that do work for you and I also think know that it's a really good sign as well because I was pregnant before and I didn't and I sadly miscarried and I didn't have any of that and then the second time I was pregnant and that all happened I was like this feels really different this must be a good feeling because also I was quite nervous of getting to that three-month point so even though morning sickness sucks it is a really good sign that things are like moving on well and that's really easy to say as someone who's not nauseous right now (laughs) (laughs) I found exercise helped bizarrely too yeah and it was often the last thing I wanted to do but having exercised I just felt like a million times better yeah and know your triggers so like uh travel was really bad for me so like any train bus taxi so I did try and walk as much as I could just to avoid that extra kind of motion sickness of like being on transport um so it is a good time to kind of yeah move get out there and kind of figure out what is exacerbating that nausea and how how should we listen to our bodies how much should we listen to our bodies you know we have all these cravings and I was speaking to a girl in the bump class Mm. literally last week and she was like the first three months all I wanted was like white bread and butter and and part of me thinks is that what your body's saying you need this uh or should we should we try and be a bit stricter with ourselves and go (laughs) well I'll have gluten-free brown seedy bread rather than the white bread Yeah, I think there's got to be a little bit of balance because I think there is an element of craving, but then there's also an element of like, I'm pregnant, like, let's go for it because it's not necessarily about having a six pack anymore. So um, I think cravings do tell you something about it. And I know for someone who had really bad cravings that nothing would satisfy me until I had it. So I think you've got to give into your craving, but it's got to be like once a day, it can't be the only thing you have. So So yeah, if it's bread and butter that you're craving, then maybe have it in the morning, but then try and have maybe something else in the middle as a filling throughout the day. So it's not like the constant thing that you're having all the time, because I do think you still need that like variety. And we know how much development goes on for our baby, especially the first three months. And your nutrition is really important. And in fact, actually now they're saying that your nutrition three months before you get pregnant is almost even more important because that's kind of your foundations. And also it's when the other half gets involved (laughs) because obviously (laughs) that's really important. What they're eating as well goes into like the creation of your baby. So I think 
it isn't always easy to eat well during those first three months when you're feeling nauseous. So focus on good nutrition before you get pregnant and then try and eat as well as you can during those first three months yeah. and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> so your child is two, sleeping through the night, You're but you're exhausted with no energy to do anything. You've got no motivation. I mean, I think that's something we can all recognize as mothers. Mm. Um, is there anything we can do to make us have a bit more energy and a bit more go and drive it's quite simple but I would say just go to bed earlier I think we're terrible at like staying up watching Netflix there's always something amazing on television or even if you're not into tv doing more things around the house or working late or doing more emails until kind of 10 o'clock at night I think you know go to bed early make sure that you're getting eight those eight hours in whatever time your little one wakes up count back eight hours and be in bed eight and a half hours before that so you're asleep by then um switch off before you go to sleep I think we really treat ourselves as robots where we're like go 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 working working doing all this sort of stuff and then we get into bed and we go sleep now and like it doesn't work that way okay some people do fall asleep really quickly but a lot of us actually struggle to get to sleep or wake in the night so a wind down routine before bed's important no electronics read prepare your clothes for the next day, prepare your bag, um, you know, do your skin, wash your teeth, like all those sorts of things as like a little bit of a wind down. And that's also sending little signals to your brain if you consistently do it to go to sleep. Other things that affect your sleep are light and sound. So blackout blinds, eye mask on, even the tiniest little bit of light can affect your sleep. So making your room as dark as possible. Um, and noise as well it's good to it to be really quiet although if you have a snorer it's always quite hard earplugs I mean I honestly yeah. I, I I should like buy an earplug plugs company because I would keep them in business I, I can't sleep and my husband he's like he does these really annoying snoring he goes and, and I sort of kick him and he's like I wasn't snoring I'm like you were so we have this constant fight anyway wax um, earplugs are definitely my go-to yeah they are very good or white noise works quite well too because I I think often people are the, at this stage you know sleeping in the same room as their baby and babies mm. can be really noisy oh, sleepers so noisy. I couldn't sleep with my baby by my side I just wake up yeah. the whole time and then I wouldn't go back to sleep so I was just really pragmatic <laughs> and moved her into her own room where I could hear her still but of course you know, just she didn't need to be right next door to me <laughs> no I was quite similar to you as well I'm a very sensitive sleeper um but yeah to make yourself feel good sleep has got to be the number one very obvious but something that I think is overlooked uh, hydration as well. How much water are you drinking throughout the day? Are you getting your two, if not three liters, depending on if you're exercising a day? Often we're not. Most people aren't drinking enough water. Um, and then also, are you regulating your blood sugar levels as well? Blood sugar levels are really important in terms of your energy throughout the day. So if you're eating lots and lots of sugar and carbohydrates, you're often going to be a bit of a yo-yo. You eat something, you feel great then you drop down, then you eat something again. And that's going to affect your energy throughout the day. So more proteins and fats in each meal. Of course, carbohydrates and sugars are important too, but kind of getting that balance of them all in each meal so that you've got that consistent energy throughout the day and you're not reliant on food to make you feel good. Your energy should come within from the sleep, from the food, from the fresh air, from the water, all combined together. Mm. So quite basic, these mm. things, but it's almost the basic things I think all the time people are like have you tried this new diet or have you tried intermittent fasting or have you tried this and those things are really good and interesting but if you're not getting the fundamentals right you're not going to feel good through this kind of short fix outcome yeah yeah no it makes total sense <laughs> um okay how about oh this is a hair question so you've okay. had that post baby hair loss which I, I mean I literally had my hair come out in clumps and I had like little bald patches where then the hair was really like straw, short it's at hair, the top isn't it? and they're just like stuck out like a sort of half crew cut <laughs> terrible and I, that's when I decided to cut my own fringe which was also okay. not a good idea um, is there anything we can do to and, you know part of that is postnatal depletion we've just given everything we possibly have to, to grow a child um, and our body's just like limping along uh, is there anything we can do to sort of encourage that growth and does it come back that hair 
Uh, it does, but very slowly. I think pregnancy hair is the dream and it really lulls you into this false uh, pretense that that is going to be your hair for life. And then you sort of lose it and you go, oh, I really like my hair before, not my, my hair now. Um, so yeah, I think people suffer in different ways. So like some of the kind of key nutrients for good hair growth are like proteins and biotin as well. That's quite often in like hair supplements that you get it. Uh, something that's really worked for me is collagen powder, which has become quite a trendy new sort of food. A lot of people stir it into their matcha lattes. It's quite tasteless on the whole. It can either be made from fish bones or um, beef bones. So not for vegans and vegetarians. However, um, as we age, we lose collagen from our skin and it is quite a good way of getting it back in. So that is quite a good one. Also kind of a hair skin supplement that contains biotin is a really good one. Um, And then eating lots of protein in your diet, whether that's coming from your fish and eggs or whether that's coming from plant sources, protein powders, uh, chickpeas, lentils, um you know making sure that you've got that high protein diet to help rebuild that hair and then things like cold water is quite stimulating for hair regrowth um rosemary oil the um essential oil just putting a little bit of that into your shampoo is good for hair growth um and also good scalp massages so treat yourself like you were in the hair salon that's also stimulating and you do have to wait out a little bit I think that everyone gets a bit of um regrowth so get a good hairdresser that can help you style your hair appropriately and don't cut your own hair <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking it was also with nail scissors it was so terrible it was just with before, nail yes, scissors because it was oh like one God. of those I'm gonna do it I'm gonna and like I just reached for what I had to hand in my bathroom and just ended up with a fringe it must that was have like taken so short. long oh, it was terrible it was so terrible I can't tell you um but you're right I think going mm. to you know because your hair changes doesn't it when you've had mm. a baby and it's so worth um, I think going to a good hairstylist who's just like right we need to rethink your hairstyle because your hair has changed yes and actually true. you walk out looking amazing I do find that with like good hair that's sort of all that matters you don't need sort of good makeup you can slightly hide behind it and a hundred percent yeah and you know um hair bands are really in now so they're quite good for the sort of um what's this area called I don't know, front the hair, of the front, <laughs> hairline. That sort of hairline yeah. area, which often people lose a lot of hair from. Yeah. So you can just pop that on. And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you get, but it's also so visible there. And I was just so used to wearing my hair in a ponytail and I had this like weird sticky uffy thing. It's terrible. You never know, that might come back in. <laughs> <laughs> Be good for the bump class. Um, uh, so finally, summer is approaching and you want to be confident in your bikini. Mm-hmm. And I resist saying sort of thin because actually you know that's not good it's about kind of body confidence and we all know like you were saying at the beginning you see the girl on the beach that hasn't got the perfect body but she owns it Mm. as opposed to the girl with probably the more sort of you know uh, desirable on paper Mm. desirable body who just doesn't have that confidence but it is about sort of feeling good and um what would you do if someone's like well like it is now we're recording in may bikini season is coming up are there little things that we can do to make us a bit more confident absolutely i think Firstly, get a bikini that suits your body. I think quite often we'll just buy a bikini because we've seen it in the shops and we think that's good. But I think it's really, I think bikinis are one of those things that you really should go try on. You shouldn't order it so much from, you know, a website online because, you know, your body's really different and you might need a little bit more lift, a little bit of underwire. You might need, you know, the pants going higher or lower, depending on what flatters your shape more. So I think try on lots of different styles, you know, find what works for you. One pieces are really in now and a lot of people feel much more confident in then. I think it's also, again, like we said from the very beginning, that internal voice, like, you know, I created a baby in this body, you know, I'm amazing, you know, I'm here really to enjoy myself with my family, like, do I really need to focus on what I look like from anyone else, like, my partner loves me, my kids love me, they don't necessarily will stop loving me if I don't look a certain way, and I think it's really giving yourself that pep talk of, actually what's really going on this is just you like feeling a certain way about yourself and who says you've got a bad body that's your own opinion on yourself it's not necessarily true um so I think it's important to give that pep talk it's important to feel confident whether that's the new bikini a little throw over the top 
Um, or even a fake tan, you know, 100%. that makes a difference, I think it? a fake tan makes a big difference. A good hat as well. Mm. Getting the full shebang. Mm. Um, I think a leg wax too. I know that, <laughs> you know, we should sort of embrace the hairiness, but, you know, I do find it so much more forgiving on the, especially the kind of upper thighs. <laughs> yes, not forgetting about those areas. Yeah, exactly. You know, whether you like to wax or shave or not, whatever it is, you know, doing that, doing it all. And then you do feel a lot better. And... I think at the end of the day, like being on the beach isn't so much about posing anymore. It's really about getting stuck in the sand, having fun, enjoying yourself and, you know, being on holiday and relaxing. And I think that that is the most important part of it. It's not about what you look like. And at the same time, sending that all important message to your child that our bodies are more about what they look like. It's about what they can do rather than what they look like. A hundred percent. Madeline, it's been so lovely chatting to you. I've really enjoyed it. I've also learned so much. Oh, um, so thank you so much. Uh, Madeline has a huge following, but if you're one of the few that don't already follow her, she's on Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Her podcast, Get Your Glow Back, is a firm favorite of mine. She interviews various professionals about all aspects of health and well-being, everything from body positivity, dealing with depression, to parenting plastic-free is covered. I've got to say, I absolutely love it. Her books too are a great source of inspiration for those of us who want to eat food that tastes better and is better for us thank you all for downloading another episode of the parenthood if you haven't already don't forget to subscribe rate and review us not only does it mean that you won't miss an episode but it also boosts us in the itunes charts and helps new listeners find us i'm on instagram i'm at marina.fogel where you can find out what i'm up to and let me know what you want me to record next but in the meantime from madeline and me thanks for listening and goodbye bye ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>